good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. And I know we have <clears throat> a busy next few weeks with midwinter and <clears throat> then marriage conference and then uh, cake auction and meals. And we're going to be having a dinner at the uh, <clears throat> cake auction. Of course, also a dinner at the... Um, uh, marriage conference and that reminds me Sister Vicki I need to see you after church about <coughs> that um, uh, this morning and uh, if you came in we we have uh, prepared and uh, have available for you a record a contribution record of what we have been able to record from your giving and um, I want to say at the onset, uh, we're human and we make mistakes. We have, um, <clears throat> I would have thought that um, going digital was uh, going to make it easier. Uh, and in some aspects it has. In some, unfortunately, it doesn't because I, one company does the uh, online and another company does what given by credit card in-house and uh, sometimes um, when um, uh, then receipts are manually entered if there was a giving inside and and those are not are trying we try to cross reference those with uh, what we get from the uh, uh, like square or PayPal or whatever the other uh, method is and then of course there's um, uh, checks and anyway it's uh, just uh, trying to make sure that we have the right numbers and and uh, making sure that it is uh, recorded and and uh, you you are able to get credit uh, there are some uh, that we get that we don't know and if there is a cash addition that you need to make to that or there is a we've made an error or something, we've uh, credited it to someone else or did not give you the credit, uh, please don't hesitate to let us know and we'll uh, do our best to adjust all of, all of that. Uh, we're hoping that you will uh, all be able to give a lot more next year than you gave this year because it will mean you're making better. And so, uh, you know, you ought to be able to open it up and say, Lord, uh, wow, this is what I made. I want to, I hope you'll bless me next year and I'll be able to give more than ever before. I, I know uh, <clears throat> we, we try to have a, a very uh, open about all of our uh, finances and what we're doing and what, what's going on. As a matter of fact, we uh, ordered this week uh, a new ice maker for uh, the, the kitchen and area. And so, you know, we try to do our best to uh, put it, all the monies to good use and try to, we're going to be hoping to uh, begin some renovating in the sanctuary. So <clears throat> the Lord's good. Anyway, those contribution statements are there. Look at it and then uh, uh, tell us where we've made a mistake and we'll be glad to change it. Lord bless you. Thank you for giving. And uh, pray that uh, next year will be, this year rather, will be even a greater year. Amen.
Amen. So, now the rest of y'all don't want to have a greater year of giving? How many would like to be able to have a greater year next year? Amen. Say, well, it's impossible. Well, hallelujah. I pray that it's not. We will ask the Lord to bless. Anyway, uh, good to have all of you here. And uh, we're thankful for uh, the Lord and all of his many blessings to us. As I said today, I think they're having a drama practice at 3.30 and and uh, mainly for speaking parts. If you want to come, you're welcome to. And uh, they've been doing some work on getting uh, the set uh, up and done. And so it, uh, we're, we're hoping that the Lord will bless and go forward. We're, we appreciate uh, all of those that have been involved in the hard work that's going on. Uh, <clears throat> we are growing apostolic legacy. And I am thankful that uh, <clears throat> not last week my wife spoke on Daniel, did an amazing job, but the, but the week before I talked about the name of the Lord. And <clears throat> this week I really want to talk on the purpose of the Lord. And I know we are in the process of, uh, you know, looking at whether we, uh, you know, of having a, a drama or a skit. And I, I hate, part of me hates to call it that because it is uh, hopefully a ministry. It is hopefully something that individuals are able to invite uh, guests to and bring folks. And we had several last year that were able to come and uh, come for the first time into our church uh, doors. And we had folks that were touched and moved and moved by the presence of the Lord. And that's what we hope again. Obviously, we know we're not Broadway. Obviously, we're not uh, Hollywood or uh, we're not uh, in a major uh, studio or having major actors or actresses, but we are, in fact, a group of people that are trying to tell the story and mainly it, it involves what I'm going to speak about today, and that is the, the purpose of the Lord. And I know immediately when you think of that, you can uh, say, well, the purpose of the Lord was to become the sacrifice. And that's where we end up. We end up on Easter, which is just a few weeks away. We end up with the lamb uh, offered as a sacrifice. And this was not the first sacrifice mentioned in the Bible. It goes all the way back to uh, the book of Genesis when Adam <coughs> was and Eve had sinned that, you know, uh, the Lord slew animals to cover their nakedness and what they, their shame, if you will. And so when you look at the, the name of the Lord, which shows up in Genesis, the second chapter, and is over 6,500 times that it's used in the Bible, the name of the Lord or the Lord God. And we talked about how that funnels down to Jesus because Mary, uh, when the angel of the Lord spoke to her, it says, and she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, 
that was the purpose, to save humanity, to save his people from their sins. And so we realize that the blood had to be shed, and we realize that this was the purpose of God, if you will, the purpose of the Lord robing himself in flesh and coming in the form of a man. And, and Matthew records this. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, and then he re, uh, references Isaiah, although there were hundreds of prophetic verses, and we read several of them, and you can read even more, but the one that he references here is found in Isaiah, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And everybody say Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. That was the purpose, was God coming in the form of a man. And I know, we just went through Christmas and we see a babe in a manger and it's kind of a, a, a little bit of a juxtaposition so soon to be looking at a market scene and looking at a place where the Lord will be crucified and thinking about the crucifixion. And yet, when you realize this was in fact the purpose of the Lord. And Jesus knew it was his purpose. And in fact, even Zechariah, who was Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist, if you remember, and I know we, we say, you know, well, uh, John the Baptist, he talked about baptizing and repentance, but you know where that message came from? Was when the angel of the Lord came to Zacharias in the temple when he was offering prayer in Luke, the first chapter. And the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, talked about having a son, and you're going to have a son, and basically he is going to be a forerunner to the Messiah or to uh, Jesus that, of course, didn't mention him by name. But here's what the angel said about him. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned, he shall he turn to the Lord their God. Many of them will John the Baptist turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In other words, the Lord is coming and you know the story of what John's father did. He, an angel is talking to him. An angel is telling him his prayer's been answered. They're going to have a child. And Zacharias says, I, I don't know how you, how's this going to happen? I don't see it happening. And the angel basically says, you're going to not talk because you're talking yourself out of a miracle. You need to know when to talk and when to be quiet. And so you're going to be quiet for nine months until the baby's born. And basically, 
Shut him up. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'm not saying any of y'all need to be careful about your mouth, but probably all of us at times have <clears throat> talked when we should have been listening. Anyway, and so the baby's born. You read it in the first chapter, and they basically say, what are you going to call him? And said, John, and people are going, oh, no, there's no Johns in your family. Don't be calling him John. What do you do? What do you think? And about that time, he's able to talk, and the Lord allows him to speak, and then he begins to tell basically what the angel of the Lord had told him. He says, and thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. This is why John preached about baptism and cleansing and forgiveness and repenting. And verse 78, though through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. And so when, you know, you realize that John the Baptist basically at birth, his dad knew who it was. And I am sure like <clears throat> most parents, when a baby is born, are thinking, I, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, I have to confess, I had two daughters, I've had now three granddaughters, and I have not ever once held them up and said, let me tell you what your purpose in life is. Imagine, I mean, as a parent, as a grandparent, I mean, you may have hopes, you may have dreams, you may say, I, I dream you're going to find the cure for cancer, or you're going to be a multimillionaire, or you're going to be a, a doctor, a lawyer, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, whatever. But knowing their purpose at a young age, that's almost mind-boggling. And yet, John the Baptist's father knew my boy is going to be the forerunner for the Messiah. He didn't see what that would eventually mean, that John, his son, would be beheaded. In fact, John himself couldn't grasp how this fit in him being killed. We remember, we read later that John the Baptist says, hey, I don't, are you really the Messiah? I'm sitting in jail about to be beheaded and I thought my purpose was to be the forerunner for the Messiah and I can't get this juxtaposition in my mind. How could I be the forerunner 
for the guy that's going to conquer the world and be in jail and be killed because it didn't compute with him. His purpose, he wasn't fully understanding. Well, guess what? The Messiah is not going to conquer the world right now. He is first going to give his blood and be a savior for the people, and he is going to open the door where everybody can all of a sudden be part of him, have him inside them, and tabernacle with us. John didn't grasp that. And so when you realize that, you know, as, as a purpose, you know, most of us as parents, you know, we just want our children to be healthy and we want them to grow up and uh, probably use the phrase the fear and admonition of the Lord or the respect of the Lord. And, and you know, and, and yet here was John the Baptist who had established, the Lord had established a purpose for him from the get-go, from birth. And, and so when you, when you realize, guess what? When Jesus was born, and I read you one of the verses, I could have read you more, you know, <clears throat> and I could have told the Christmas story and spent a long time on it, and, and we've just come through Christmas season, but the very fact that wise men came and the very fact that shepherds were in the field and the very fact that he was in Bethlehem and the very fact that all these things happened at birth, and, and the Bible says that Mary was troubled. She, she was not, she couldn't grasp it. In fact, after six or seven, eight days, they, they go to the temple with the baby and all, a, a guy, an old guy comes in and starts prophesying, saying this is the salvation of Israel and then talks about how he's going to basically, you know, there's going to be piercing through her heart and things that are going to happen and she's not aware of it. As a matter of fact, it, it, it was like after, even after all of this and after, you know, being told that, that Herod was going to kill them all and they go to Egypt and then the verses that say he's going to come out of Egypt and they, they escape Herod and, and it still doesn't compute even with Mary. But Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew what his purpose was. As a matter of fact, at a, as a young man, 12 years age, of age or so, and, you know, I've got my oldest that's, you know, there. Can you imagine her looking at you and saying, I know what my job is? Wow. Remember the story? They're in Jerusalem. They head down the road. Mary thinks it's with Joseph. Joseph thinks it's with Mary. The day goes by. Oh, he's playing with all the kids. Remember? And get another day and panic. Where's Jesus? What's going on? They race back to the city. And what's he doing? Sitting with 
the doctors and the legal and religious minds, and he's talking to them about the word because he was the one that spoke all of that into existence through the prophets. He was giving them insights that they had no idea. They were amazed. They were blown away. In fact, the Bible uses the phrase astonished at his understanding and answers. I want to talk about a child prodigy. <clears throat> and his parents come in and immediately they try to use a little guilt and shame as parents should. What are you doing to me, son? You know, I know my parents have used that. I've used it. I don't want to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever used a little GNS, guilt and shame. But Mary says, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I, we've been crying and sorrowful. It works sometimes. Then they reach a point where they go, grow up. You can't GS me anymore. <clears throat> Hope you never reach that point. What was this 12-year-old's response? And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Why were you looking? You should have known where to look. I have to be about my father's business. Wow. Imagine at 12, knowing his purpose, knowing why he was born, knowing what was going to happen. And I, 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 for time's sake, and I know you're Bible scholars and you know, but repeatedly in the story of Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus pointed and, and, and played this little bit of a yo-yo a, a way of pushing the Pharisees and the Sadducees and yet avoiding the Pharisees and Sadducees because he was building to a climax that he understood. There were times when he would say, I'm not going to Jerusalem, and then he would go to Jerusalem. And then there were times, in fact, there was a time when a whole mob of people followed him up to a hill and they were about to toss him over the side. And he knew, I can't die this way. And, and, and he had this amazing Hollywood moment where basically, I don't know what he said or did, how he gestured his hands, but boom, he just walked right through the midst of them. And they were in freeze frame and they didn't even know where he was because he knew I can't be thrown off a hill. 
but he was working them into this fevered pitch so that at one point the angry mob is going to say, crucify him, give us. The son, Barabbas, give us the son of the father, son of his father, probably both of them's name were Yeshua. But they identified one as a thief. <clears throat> Simon Peter understood this. When you read <clears throat> about his letter, he's talking to believers about how to act and live and be kind and lay aside malice. And you can read his whole book. It's short, but he, he retells them, you need to have the sincere milk of the word and you need to uh, embrace uh, being kind to one another. He says it like this in 2 Peter, the second chapter, 1 Peter, the second chapter, the ninth through the 12th verse. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should, what? That's your purpose, that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. What are you saying? Jesus knew his purpose. I want to tell you, it can be extremely depressing when you look at your life and you think, what have I accomplished? What have I done? What's my life meaning? What does it matter? What did I do? And if you've pinned your hopes on, well, I'm going to raise successful kids and then something happens to them. Or if you've pinned your hopes on, I, I wanted to be a, able to retire at 40 and then 40 comes and you're not retired. Or if you pinned your hopes on, I wanted to find the cure for cancer. I live in obscurity and I never find any cure for anything. And I've seen, unfortunately, young people grapple with, I don't know what, and, and they, they go to college and they're in a quandary and they get out of high school. And I, 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 all I know is that I, I, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be. And that first they change careers and change paths and they change. They're looking for meaning and looking for purpose, looking for something that will all of a sudden give their life some meaning. Simon Peter said, you know, I, where are you going to belong? Well, I'll belong to the JCs, or I'll belong to the this, I'll belong to that organization, maybe even a church. And then all of a sudden, you know, well, I don't like what's going on there, and I don't like this, and so I feel, I feel alone and isolated, and I feel abandoned, and I feel not us, but that's what can happen when you don't know your purpose. Jesus knew his purpose. John the Baptist knew his purpose. Guess what? As apostolics, we should know our purpose. What is my purpose? He called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. 
that I should give praise to him, that I should magnify him, that I should glorify him, that I should be able to say, Lord, you're great and greatly to be praised. Say, so, well, I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't that brought up that way. I, I wasn't brought up Jewish. I don't understand all the... I don't understand, in, in fact, what has been um, amazing about uh, this latter, latest war since October the 7th, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the Hamas and all that's gone on in Israel. What, what I have read is that the Jewish people are all of a sudden around the world going, uh-oh, now we know who we are. If there was ever a time for the church to know who we are, That's right. it is now. It is not, you say, well, I don't know. I don't know really what I'm doing. I don't know what. I. He said, we have obtained mercy. We belong. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. And then he goes through. You got to stop doing some things, fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Have your conversation, change it to being honest among the Gentiles, whereas they, they speak against you as evildoers, but by your good works, which they shall behold, so that somehow my life will be a testimony and people will glorify God. People, it's not about who I am, but it's about who I serve and who I'm a part of and who I'm connected to. And you say, well, I don't know. I don't want them to think I'm a goody two-shoes and I don't want them to think I'm, I'm I, I, weird and I'm, let me tell you, that's my purpose is somehow to show them how you can live when you serve God, how you can be different when you serve God, how you can be different than everybody else when you serve the Lord. You say, well, I don't want to be different. I don't want to be, well, you know, do you have a purpose? Well, my purpose is just, you know, to live and, my purpose is to make a lot of money and retire and go to Florida or go to Arizona or the Carolinas or someplace warm like Maine or Alaska. That's my purpose in life. No, that's not my purpose in life. I gotta re I gotta refine my thinking. I've got to have a purpose that is greater than just simply about me and what I can do and how I can live comfortably. And I understand, oh, you're hitting retirement. You've got to you age, you better, you better note, make sure you know how much money you have and you know, so that you can live comfortably. I, I want to tell you something. Most important purpose that I have is not to live comfortably. In my most important purpose. Purpose. Number one has got to be I have to praise the Lord. My life has got to be able to somehow magnify and glorify God. Are you saying that you don't care? No, I'm not saying that. But my number one goal has to be my purpose is to magnify praise and be uh, uh, able to show forth the praises. Say, so, well, Hebrews, here Paul wrote and, and we'll look at this chapter, and I know, but, but look what, what Paul said. He's writing the book of Hebrews probably to Jewish 
uh, uh, rabbis or priests uh, because he uses a lot of very Jewish uh, uh, analogies and, and comparisons and things that only Jewish individuals would know and he begins talking in the 10th chapter about burnt offerings and sin offerings and sacrifice. And, and uh, we have a, a, a little model of the tabernacle in the wilderness and uh, this church has studied and I know a lot of you can tell all about the priest garment. We got a mannequin down the other day that I'd used to put the high priest uh, uh, fake rendition of the high priest garment, and we talked about that here. I preached about it, and, and Paul is explaining all of this to this letter of the, the Hebrews, and in the midst of this letter, in the fifth verse, he said, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, when he was born, meaning Jesus, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not but a body thou hast prepared me. Jesus knew my body is going to be a sacrifice. That's what he knew. You say, the man, Christ Jesus, he said in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. And then he quotes David in Psalms 40, who says, Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. I come for one purpose. And you know what that purpose is? To do thy will, O God. What's the purpose of your life? Well, I'm not sure what my purpose is. I'm not sure if I, if I want to do this. I, let me tell you what your number one purpose should be if you're born again. To do thy will, O oh God. You will flounder in your life trying to find out who you are what kind of job you should have, what your degree plan ought to be if you don't recenter on my number one priority is to do the will of God. I was born again to do the will of God. Not my will. When he prayed it in the garden, oh, pastor, that's hard. It's hard to do that. I know, I, I you know. And, and he quoted from Psalms, the 40th chapter, where it said, sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. And now he says it like this, I delight in Psalms to what? Do thy will, O God. Yea, thy law is, huh? 
Well, my job is just to come to church and have friends and make it, have a good time. That's a religion. That's a Kiwanis club. That's not why you got the Holy Ghost and were baptized in Jesus' name. You know why we got it? Was so that it would change our heart. The word would be written on the inside, on the fleshly tables of our heart. Why? To do the... When I get up in the morning before I go to work, Lord... <laughs> I want to do your will today. When I get up in the morning before I go to school, Lord, I want to do your will today. Huh? Oh, pastor, I don't know. My, I'm trying to figure out who I am. Am I praying every day? Not my... Well, I don't... I don't, you know, I don't like to get up. I don't like to go to church. I don't like to... It's not about what I like. It's not about what I desire. If I'm going to fully understand my purpose, my purpose is about, Lord, I want to do your will. Now you say, Pastor, are you saying, oh, you know, that, that I don't get to do what I want to do? Well, this wasn't the only place David spoke of the crucifixion. Jesus knew it was going to be horrible. That's why he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. That, what do you think? That, that it was easy to say, I know I'm going to be crucified. I understand my purpose. Jesus spoke to David. He knew Psalms, the 22nd verse, where it opens up, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew he was going to go through tough times. He knew it was going to be horrible. He knew people were going to forsake him. Even the night in the garden, he prayed and, and people were falling asleep. He watched as Simon Peter betrayed him. This 22nd chapter talks about the bulls of Bashan and the dogs have compassed me. And yet, you know how it ends? My praise shall be of thee in the congregation. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. The kingdom is the Lord's. A seed shall serve him. It shall be counted to the Lord for a generation. What do you say? My purpose is to praise him in the midst of whatever I'm going through. In the midst of whatever problem, whatever trial, whatever test. I have a purpose. I have have one purpose and that is that I should show forth the praises of him that's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I have to teach my children. Let me tell you what your most important goal is that you serve the Lord, that you worship the Lord, that you serve God, that you live for God. I know I, 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 I'm blessed. The Lord's blessed our family. I, I get all of that but I, they can tell you there were numerous times I said I'd rather have you at a low paying job 
living for God, serving God, being able to be in the house of God than to be a multimillionaire somewhere and have no relationship with God. That's not why you came into the world. That's not why God filled you with the Holy Ghost. That's not why God called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. It was so that you would show forth his praises. So, well, they, they've got, I want them to do good. I want them to be, I want them to be athletic. I want them to have a good physique. I want them to have good health. I want them to be, you know, I, I want them to live till they're 120. I want them to, I, I want them to have a great job and have a nice car. And I, I want all of those things too. But let me tell you, the most important thing is that you serve God. The Lord knew his purpose, and it was not. Uh, go on to the next slide where, where he says, Isaiah 53, the Lord knew this prophet who had believed our report, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, for he shall grow up as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground, have no form or comeliness. They may not have had a lot of mirrors, but the Lord knew he wasn't good looking. He knew he wasn't Rico Suave. He knew he didn't command people that didn't look at him and go, whoa, man, he is Mr. Awesome. He grew up. He knew people looked at him like, ooh, he needs to get a job in front of the doctor's office making people sick. But that wasn't his purpose. Oh, I want to look good. I want to, I want to be, you know, that's not, you, that can't be your purpose. Huh? My number one purpose, you know, I mentioned the other night, you know, you can tuck it and clip it and paint it and pull it and grab it and Botox it and can do a lot to it. But that's not my number one goal. And I don't care if you do that, but you shouldn't have your number one goal. I want to serve God. I want to do your will, O oh Lord. And then it goes on to say, there was no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. I mean, the Jews rejected him. Everybody, when it came down to it, even his own disciples who had followed him. I mean, these people that had pinned their hopes on him, I, 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 you know, you hate to say it, but we, we don't talk much about John and his dad and who had a great fishing business and his two sons come in and say, we want to go follow this guy. That, that dad had to feel like, my Lord, I've got a great business. I've got a, um, a, an enterprise here. I've got boats and I've got all this stuff. And now you want to go follow some nut job? Huh? Are you kidding me? That's why after the crucifixion, they, they start going back to fishing because it's like, Oh, my Lord. 
And yet, no telling what he heard, no telling what the whispers. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid our faces from him. Don't even want to look at him. He was despised. He was rejected. It says that we esteemed him not, but surely he hath borne. This was his purpose. Our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was, we like this part, wounded for our transgressions. He was, what? Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All, all we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, and yet he Open not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers. He is dumb and he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he cut off. He was not even buried in a good place. He made his tomb, his burial, his crucifixion was with prisoners. Yet there was no deceit in his mouth and it pleased the Lord to bruise him, put him to grief, <clears throat> make an offering for sin, Go ahead, next slide. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the travail of his soul. What are you saying? And be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide with him a portion with the great and shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He knew what his purpose was and it wasn't pretty, but he did it so that I could one day come boldly into the presence of God and have cleansing for my sins and my iniquity so that he could have a bride. That's why when Paul talked, on, I mean, when Simon Peter talked in the day of Pentecost and he said, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That early church talked about who he was and that he knew his purpose and that because of that name, because of what he did, because of the sacrifice, because of what he went through on Calvary, now we can come boldly into the throne of grace and receive mercy. Oh, and we can find purpose in our life. You say, well, my purpose, I want to be a missionary. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a, all that's not bad. It's all good. It's all wonderful. But let me tell you, your first purpose is to praise him. Show forth his praises. Obey him. Do his will. Acts, the fourth chapter, they called him in. You know, that's after the third chapter when Peter went by and he told the guy laying at the gate, I don't have anything to give you. I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But look at me, such as I have. I have a name of somebody that found a purpose and because of his purpose, I have a purpose. At the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the guy jumped up and they called him in. They whipped him. They put him in jail in church. Often thought about, should we build a jail when we remodel a jail cell for the church? People, we get, you know, a little bit testy. We put them in jail. Oh, pastor, I would never come to a church like that. All right, calm down. I didn't say we're doing it. Just thinking about what they did in the old, right here in the New Testament. And you know what they said? We don't want you to spread this any further among the people. And we threatened them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called him in and commanded him, do not speak or teach at all. What? In the name of Jesus. Simon and John said, we don't know whether to obey God or to obey you. I can tell you what they did. They obeyed God and they began to preach and teach about Jesus. Gentiles got the Holy Ghost. People got baptized. What a privilege. You say, oh, pastor, I, that early church, they had to do that because they were opening up, you know, and I know we're living in America and everybody here knows about Jesus. And I, I realize, you know what? I want to tell you something. If there was ever a time we're supposed to talk about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us and how Jesus has touched us and how Jesus, has, it ought to be now, especially since we've been born again of water and of the Spirit, we ought to be able to talk about Jesus. You know, 
say Jesus in the morning, say Jesus. Oh, I know, and I, I, I get it. You know, we got a lot of people that talk about Jesus but don't know Jesus. But but here was the fact, Acts, the fifth chapter, and they agreed and they commanded them that they should not speak in, the, in that name of Jesus and let them go. And these people left there rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be suffering for the name. And daily in the temple, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. You're going to get thrown in jail again if you only knew what he'd done for me. If you only knew how he shed his blood for me. If you only knew how he had forgiven me. I've got a new purpose in life. I've got a new direction in life. I've got a new, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be. I, I, I want to preach. I want to teach. I want to sing. I want to shout. I want to, my first thing is, Lord, I want to do your will, oh God. I want to do your will. I want to do your will. I want my life. This is why when you read it, and, and I've got more verses, we can read it tonight and I, whatever, but when you read what, what he talked about, clean up your conversation. Quit acting the way you do. Don't allow yourself to act like everybody else. Don't get caught up in the lust of the flesh. Why? Because we've been called out of darkness. And we're supposed to be doing something, showing people around us Jesus. They're supposed to look at something and go, something different. Ah, I know. You can say it's the way you look, and I, I understand, you know. I hope we do have a different way of looking. I and mean, I've seen some people in Walmart. I'm glad it's none of our folks. I'd be very embarrassed. And I do hope we look a little different than everybody else. But not just the way you look, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you believe, the way you invite. You say, well, my purpose is to make a lot of money. God bless you. I hope you'll pay your tithes. Give me the building fund. That's fine. But you know what your first purpose should be? I want to do your will, oh God. I want to do your will. That's what Jesus came. He knew his purpose. You say, well, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed because I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, I've listened this week and radio and reports and people know, trying to figure out where I belong, where, what am I supposed to do? Should I go to the military? Should I go? Should I invest in this? Should I do? My first purpose should be I want to do your will, oh God. That's what I want to do because that's what the example of the one that died for me, he said, I've come to do thy will. If I'm going to be called a Christian, 
Christ-like, how can I get by with anything less than doing His will? Say, well, I think He wants, I know, you started that sentence with the wrong person. You want to know what he thinks, what he wants? It's right here. Search it out. Search the scriptures. Put them in your heart. Know what he says. Understand what he says. You don't have to guess about it. It's not about what I think he thinks. I think what he wants. I think that. It's not about any of that. It's about, Lord, I want to show forth your praises. Hallelujah. Let's stay.